Hello, everyone. My name is Jennifer Turlock, and welcome to the Career Design Podcast, where we talk about how to find work you love. Today, I'm interviewing Marin Sigson. Marin is an actress turned computer programmer with a fascinating story. I love interviewing people who've made a major pivot in their lives, and I'm so excited to chat with Marin today. Marin, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. So I think you and I have known each other for around five or so years, right? First encountering each other in the world of theater, which is a huge interest of mine. Yeah, I I can't believe that time goes by that fast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> for sure. And that was that was a uh, circa fringe Fringe Festival, I've uh, both been involved. I remember I first saw you in an uh, amazing Fringe Festival show, uh, Dan Abramson's uh, show. Ah, yes, Hugh and I. Yeah, yeah exactly, Hugh, Hugh and, and I. I. And I was about actually... the life. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Hugh and I with the life and times of Hugh Hefner. Exactly, and I love that musical so much. I came back, I watched it twice. Uh, and I was actually inspired by that musical to uh, write my own musical, which is in the subsequent Fringe Festival. So yeah, it's great to uh, meet via, you know, the Fringe tent and sort of Fringe Festival exciting <laughs> activities. And then I guess we've, we've sort of known each other since then and interacted in a variety of ways at various uh, theater, theater festivals and events, and then also now share common interest in coding too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So why don't you tell us a bit about um, like what you were doing initially, sort of around the time that we met and, and what you do today and how you made that transition. Sure. So my degree is in musical theater and it is from the Guildford School of Acting in the UK. And I studied there from 2010 to 2013. And we made the decision, my family and I, that, okay, maybe it's probably a good idea for me to move to Canada. I have the citizenship. You know, I can create a base there without fear of being deported or running out of getting a visa renewal or anything like that. So 2013 hit and graduated, uh, went home for a couple of months and figured, okay, it's time, time to get to Toronto. So I landed in Toronto uh, and it was definitely interesting. The industry is a bit different, obviously from country to country, you know, all the names are different. The game's pretty similar, but you have to make sure you get to know people and, you know, what agents do you want and that kind of thing. So we kind of figured, okay, why don't I start with an improv class? So I went to Second City and I did, I can't remember exactly which course it was, but it was one of their improv courses. And that's actually where I met Dan, was there. And he said, do you want to be in my Fringe show? I was like, Fringe, what's, what's Fringe? And that's how I kind of got introduced to the Fringe world, which was awesome. And, you know, I did that and managed to get an agent, oh, shoot, I want to say maybe like a year and a half afterwards, uh, after moving here. So, you know, things were kind of happening. I was going to auditions. I was, you know, getting seen somewhat, but it just for some, probably not for some reason, but for a reason, uh, it just wasn't working for me. You know, I, 
have a different look than the tone of my voice and my personality. You know, people always told me, you know, you look like a young ingenue. You look like you should be like the young, you know, damsel in distress kind of thing. And, you know, I ain't no damsel in distress. That is not my being. I'm not good at <laughs> acting it. Even when I sing, like my vocals don't sound like that. I don't have this like soprano legit sound. So it just, I feel like the wires just weren't connecting for me. So I gave it a shot and I kind of, you know, worked the jobs that I hated. I, <laughs> I air quote, taught musical theater to kids when, when in fact it was just more glorified babysitting. And that was really tiring. It paid pretty well, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do in the format that I wanted to do it in, even if I was able to do that. So when would have this been? I, it was probably around 2016. So I moved here in 2014 uh, after being home for a couple of months. So it was about two years, two years of doing this and really just kind of, you know, drilling myself into the ground. And then it's this awful cyclical thing of, you know, you're not getting the, the work. So you're depressed. So you don't perform as well in auditions, which means you don't get the work and you just, your mind starts going into this, you know, cycle of, you know, I'm not good enough. And not only that, but my Joe jobs aren't paying me enough to actually be able to support myself and to feel like I am, you know, living the life that I want. And everyone has a different understanding of what they want out of life. Some people are thrilled to, you know, do the grind. And I don't know what my next job's going to be in between gigs or being in theater. And some people thrive in that. And I am so jealous because <laughs> I wish that could have been me. I feel like my mental state would have been so much better if I had that. But it just, it it's not me. I needed more stability. I needed to know where my money was coming from. And I was still receiving a lot of help from my parents. And, you know, I wanted to be able to be independent and to, to handle what needed to be handled on my end of things. So we started looking at secondary skills. And that was something that my parents and I always talked about. You know, you need something alongside even people who are successful actors in Canada and performers. They're still working Joe jobs. You know, you go to, to Stratford and Shaw and then a couple months later in Toronto, that person is catering a gig. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's just you always need to have that second lineup of work because even if you are working in the industry, it's still not enough. So I kind of thought, okay, what are, uh, what are my secondary skills? What do I have you know, open to me? And I, I tried to do the serving thing and no one would hire me. Maybe, I, I don't know why, but they just figured that I was not a right fit. So I couldn't get any of those jobs and I was sick of doing you know, the teaching thing. It was just not done in a format that I liked. Um, so we started looking at more, okay, what are things I could do from home? So looked at, you know, becoming uh, like a lawyer's researcher kind of thing just to, you know, get paid for time. Right. And then it kind of came about in a weird way because I remember I was working on my acting website. I thought, okay, you know, every once in a while, I feel like a lot of us get this, we get this kind of moment of like, okay, I'm going to reorganize my life. I'm going to, you know, get all my stuff together again. We're going to rebrand everything and it's all going to start new. So I was doing that with my actor website and I was trying to build it on WordPress and it looked terrible. I had no idea how to use WordPress, had, you know, couldn't understand any of the documentation with it, anything that was kind of, you know, there to help you along your way. And it was a terrible website, but the thing that surprised me was the fact that I went into a Starbucks 
and ended up working on it for 13 hours and didn't even realize it. You know, I didn't go outside. I wow. know it's not good. Developers need to go for walks. I think they need to build an app where, you know, take a developer for a walk because we're notorious for sitting down for too long. But it was like, oh, shoot, you know, I didn't realize I could enjoy doing this without distraction or feeling bored or anything like that. So I started looking at ways to, you know, how do you make money from this? You know, how how could you get into this? And uh, there's a great set of composers as well, besides yourself, in uh, Toronto called Colleen and Akiva. And Colleen builds websites mm-hmm. as well. Uh, she, yeah, she's. Oh, really? I didn't know that. that. I love Colleen's. Uh, oh, music. yeah. That's awesome. They're fantastic. And she was doing that a little bit too. And I remember asking her, you know, how, how do you get the money and how do you make this happen? So it really randomly came up when I was speaking to someone in theater, Rebecca Perry, who we both know as well. Oh, yeah, Rebecca. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Rebecca Perry is a fantastic, you know, artist she produces her own shows and she's phenomenal and i remember she and i were chatting and i was talking you know about wanting to get some experience to get into coding looking for us you know a source of income to be able to support the performing side of things and she said oh well my sister is uh current i can't remember if she was still doing or if she just finished it but she just finished this course at a place called hacker U." now known as Juno. They rebranded two years ago, I think, last year, two years ago. So I did a little bit of research and, you know, obviously called up her sister and she was so kind. You know, she took the time to speak with me and to answer my questions. And she just kind of said, yeah, it's a great place. People come from all walks of life and the teaching is solid and you get a job pretty soon after you finish this course. So I was like, okay, tell me more about this course. (laughs) How does it go? And at the time, it was a nine-week full-time boot camp. That was kind of like the golden ticket. If you could complete the boot camp, you then were taken into, you know, the Juno Industry Day, and you had, you know, this endless number of contacts because the community is so tight-knit. And, uh, you know, I think at the time, it was something like 90% of their graduates had employment within three months of finishing the course. So I was like, okay, this sounds like a sure thing. You know, you put your money into something. You're like, I'd like to get something out of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I went in and I applied for the boot camp and they said, okay, sure. No problem. They gave me a tech test. And I did the tech test where it was just building uh, a website from a, a PSD file And I ended up building the whole thing in tables as a layout because I just didn't know anything. I was like, oh, I've done HTML, you know, in school. Yeah, I got this. I got this. And I didn't got this and (laughs) failed miserably. But they were so kind. They were so lovely. The admissions person called me and she said, hi, Marin. You know, we got your tech test. We can see you worked really hard on it. I think it might be worth taking the part-time course before going into the boot camp. Uh, and initially it was like, oh, you know, this is a money grab. They just want to, you know, take more of my money. But it was a really good idea and really good advice because I literally had no idea what I was doing. So I started their part-time web dev course in March of 2017. And okay. it was a 12-week course on Saturdays for six hours. 
And wow. we went through, yeah, HTML and CSS, you know, the beginnings of it and building, uh, you know, websites from scratch and everything. There's no WordPress, no Squarespace, you know, they do offer those kinds of courses, but this one was, was specifically, okay, bare bones, how do you build this? Mm -hmm. And uh, it really set me up for success when uh, it came time to start the boot camp because I reapplied for the boot camp and got accepted. And I was really excited about that. And I started the boot camp in July of 2017. And it was honestly the most fun ever. It, it yeah, was you loved really, it. Really. Oh, yeah. And not only just because of the work that we were doing and the things that we were learning, but also just the people. I mean, the people there are, we're all kind of in the same boat, right? Where it's like, okay, a lot of us came from from different careers and different industries because, you know, we were looking for something new. So I feel like we'd all kind of gone through this frustration where we were that there was just no ego. And it was kind of like, hey, we're all looking for a change. We're all here to try something new. So let's figure it out together kind of thing. And uh, did that, nine weeks uh, comes and goes, and then applied for a job, uh, quite a few jobs actually, uh, and ended up getting hired at a great startup called Soapbox a month after finishing my course as a junior developer. And that was over three years ago now. That's awesome, and is, is that where you are today? No, so Are you I still with Soapbox today or? Uh, I worked with them for two years and mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, everyone was saying, you know, it was a product company. So we were just building one thing and iterating, iterating on it, which was really cool. And it was nice because you know that you, if you make mistakes now, you're the one who's going to have to pay for them later. So it was a really cool way to kind of um, learn to, to really nurture something. But after two years, I kind of thought, okay, I was building in a, a stack called Ember, which is a JavaScript framework, and knew that React was the hot thing right now. So figured, okay, I need to get some professional React experience. So I uh, switched jobs and I now work for an agency called Apply Digital as a software engineer, uh, focused on front end, but starting to do more back end. And uh, it's a very different pace. You know, it's it's an interesting balance uh, because in agency life, you got to try and get things out the door as quickly as possible because obviously that's what clients want. But you're also sitting there going, OK, but we should build this right. And we need to focus on, you know, making sure that every all of the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. And, you know, I want to make sure that when we give this to you, it is in its best possible format so that you can continue to build on it. Uh, but the the thing I've noticed about agencies is that you're not working well unless your developers and your project managers are disagreeing because they're trying to get it done faster and we're trying to get it done as solidly as possible and the two rarely align. So we always get into pretty interesting conversations, but fortunately we're all looking at it from the same side. So it always ends up working out. Oh, that's so interesting. And, and that's in React. So you're mostly doing React now, is that right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. I'm currently okay, working cool. on a project wow. that's, that's... Uh, React and um, a JavaScript backend with WebSockets and Socket.io. Oh, very cool. I just remember like when, that's such an amazing story and, and thank you so much for sharing. Um, I just remember like the first time I saw you after you 
um, had become, you know, a professional computer programmer that I was, you just had this like different energy about you. And it was so, it was so cool and, and marvelous to, to see, like, I think even maybe your hair was slightly different. I can't remember, but like, <laughs> uh, I just felt this, like, this, like, huge, like, I felt, I feel like you've always had, had a great energy for as long as I've known you, but, you know, I, I think I saw you at, at a musical event at that point, uh, probably at Singular Sensation, uh, Jennifer Wall's awesome event. And yeah. pardon me? Yeah, great yeah, show. and and <laughs> oh yeah, great show, amazing show for all the listeners and you know check it out. And I yeah, I just noticed this different energy. Um, is that something that you felt or noticed as well? And could you tell us a bit more about that? Oh, one hundred percent. The thing that really like I I love singing and I love performing and I love storytelling and I I'm really starting to miss it now. I'm I'm trying to, you know, do little things to to get back into it and to, you know, put more out into the universe even if nothing bites or nothing catches just to know that you're nurturing that thing. Um I it's a really interesting question because I'm trying to put into words exactly what the feeling was prior to finding the solidity that came with becoming a programmer. And it, it really was this feeling of just always feeling like you're not enough, right? And when I was in drama school, there were some people who it just, it just worked for them. And not in the sense that they never had to work hard, they worked really, really hard. But even when they worked really hard, you know, they were either learning things or things were clicking for them. And I really, I really tried in university, but for some reason, my brain could not get the vocalities right. You know, my body wouldn't move in certain ways that they wanted. And no matter how hard you tried, it was just, wow, this is, this is not working. And it's really tiring going through life with things not working. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in the theater world, work talk is a hundred percent all the time, <laughs> you know, even, even around your friends. Cause it's, it's something that everyone loves, right? Which is why everyone wants to talk about it. But even when, you know, you're, you're meeting someone, you're like, Hey, you know, how have you been? They're like, Oh, I booked this and I did that and I did the other. And you're like, that's great. But how are you? <laughs> you know, like, did you watch any <laughs> shows you like? Oh, I watched this thing that my friend was in and I auditioned for, I'm like, just want to know how you're doing. So you're constantly getting this you know, energy of this person's doing things and you're not doing it. And that's why you can't afford to do this, which is why you have to work this crappy job. And it's just, it is, it is very heavy. It's very, very heavy that when I started working as a software engineer, you know, my paycheck was solid. I wasn't making the most money in the world, but it was certainly more than I was making, you know, trying to make ends meet as a performer with what I was doing, what I was capable of. And, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that, okay, if I sit here and I read this documentation and, you know, I didn't understand all of it. I had a great mentor who was there to help me out when I needed help. Um, You know, eventually things for me, they started to click and they started to work and it was, oh, shoot, you know, I'm good at this. And I like doing this. And it was nice to finally have that, 
here's something I'm trying at and it's working for me, which was new. And I think that was where that kind of like light energy and also this sense of when you walk into those rooms full of theater people, it's, I don't have to, not that you don't have to, you never have to prove anything, but you always feel like you kind of have to, you know, like I don't, I just want to be here and enjoy the art. I don't want to think about the business. And that was, that was great. <laughs> that was the best. That's awesome. Yeah, I could totally see that. Cause like I haven't, you know, done theater full time. And so it's always been a side thing for me, but I could imagine, you know, if it were a full time thing, you know, it's, it's not just about coming and enjoying the show. It's about like who you, who you might meet, who you might chat with and, what sorts of opportunities, you know, might, might come from it. So yeah, I also find enjoying it on, you know, on the side to be, uh, to be great. Yeah. It's like less pressure on my creative, uh, artists, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate to admit it and I wish I was a better person, um, because (laughs) it was always, there was always this kind of thought in the back of your head, right? Whenever you would go see friends, things that they'd produced or created that were fantastic mm-hmm. and wonderful, and you're there to support them because you love them and you love the work that they do. But in the back of your head, you're always like, why didn't I get asked to do that? Why wasn't I included in this? And mm-hmm. it was just, it's so selfish all the time to think about that when you're just there to support someone's work and enjoy what they do. And that was, that was really frustrating. And that was also a moment that I, I was really troubled by. It was kind of like, okay, I need a break from this. I need, I need to decouple my standard of living from my friends and the work that they do and, you know, going to see art. Yeah, it makes total sense. So what are some of the things that you love about being a software engineer? Oh, the list. The list is lengthy. Oh, That's awesome. Let's see. Um, um I love so I know a lot of people aren't a huge fan of you know the desk job and working you know Monday to Friday you know nine to five kind of thing I for for the better part I can kind of pick my hours uh so if I want to sleep a little bit longer I can take an extra 30 minutes and I can work from 10 to 6 as long as I make up the hours and I get the work done it doesn't matter when I'm there if I'm there for meetings and I'm accessible that's really the goal that's really the point um, I love, uh, I'm currently working with companies. It's funny. I, I can't say too much, but I'm currently working with companies that I dreamed of working for as an actor, but I'm now working with as a software engineer. Oh, cool. So that was really cool to kind of like have a different in to be around those people and see how they work and to see their standards and, uh, how they function that's been really cool um being another one would say being really valued knowing that they there's a a book have you read the mythical man month no i don't think so so it's a it's a book about software engineering and uh, there's more to it than what I'm going to speak to because to be honest uh, it escapes me <laughs> but there is one thing that really stuck with me uh, after reading it and it was that when you um, remove a developer from a team 
it takes four months for a new developer to come on and to really be able to speak to the code and to become really efficient. So it's nice knowing that you're, no one's just going to drop you, you know, because people are aware of that. Resourcing is aware of that. Your managers are aware of that. And to not, to not have to worry about it. Because, I mean, I didn't book a lot of stuff as an actor, so I can't speak to what that life truly is like. But, you know, my friends who are in it, they're worried that someone else is going to get cast over them or they're going to get replaced. Or, you know, if you get injured or if you're ill, it's just another threat to your ability to keep your job. And it's nice not to have to worry about, okay, well, if I'm ill today, I'll take the day off. It's, it did wonders for my mental health. I don't know how actors who are working all the time do it. it it really is mental gymnastics and my hat's off to them because I was not good at it it's I mean if any of them are running a workshop or have a podcast let me know because it's something I know I need to work on um Marin, I've just lost my something has happened so one second oh no <laughs> Something has happened. Hello, we are back. I just had a momentary break where my headphones died, but I've got these new headphones. They are some gamer headphones. <laughs> sometimes use the size of your head doubled. <laughs> yeah. when uh, we have uh, often, well, during non-pandemic times, have kids in here coding away, minecrafting away, and so forth. So we have these headphones for them, but they're currently all doing so virtually in the cloud. So I get to use these excellent games. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, awesome. So yeah, we were just talking about Sounds like software engineering uh, has been a much more like secure line of business, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. uh, really cool to hear about. And what does a typical day look like for you? So a typical day right now is uh, start work around 9, 9.30. Um, we're currently building a product that we're trying to launch in February. So it started off as kind of like a proof of concept. So we're trying to clean up some code and add, you know, the necessary features, base features, MVP required um, for the release. So things right now are pretty smooth. We start the day, I kind of sit down, um, pick up things that I was missing or that I left off from the day before. And we'll have a stand up about one o'clock because uh, my team is split between East Coast and West Coast. So, uh, and the client is West Coast as well. So actually, no, that's a lie. Some of them are West Coast and East Coast too. Um, so we're all over the place. <laughs> we had a great chat the other day on our standup about uh, TSA and getting Nexus because everyone's flying all over the place <laughs> before the pandemic. Oh, yeah. um, and you're talking about, you know, what's the easiest way to get through the airport? So that was, that was a funny conversation. Um, but we'll use that time to try and solve any issues that we can right there in the spot. And if they require some follow-up, we'll take notes and, uh, you know, move off the call and reach out to the people that we need. Um, and then honestly, just kind of get on with the rest of work. Today was a bit of a different day. Today, uh, my company, uh, Apply, the agency that I work for, 
they have their what's called apply everything meeting today where the whole company hops on the same call and even before the pandemic it was everyone hopping on a call you know vancouver office and toronto office um and we'll get some business updates but today was actually the shape awards shape uh, it stands for our five values that we have at our company and uh, we had some nominations and we you know announced the winners today and so that was really nice that was really fun that's so great yeah and yeah when you oh sorry go ahead no I, I that was the end of the thought oh, right. <laughs> so yeah i was wondering too like as you were going along this journey like going from being an actress to a software engineer were there ever any moments where you thought about giving up on the software engineering pursuit or were nervous or felt like you couldn't do it? And if so, how did you overcome those? Um, I don't think there was uh, ever, uh, I don't think I can do this in general. Mm -hmm. There were definitely moments of, I can't get this problem. I can't figure this out. Uh, which to any developer listening or any future developer, uh, those existing know and those wanting to learn will now learn, go for a walk, shut it down, go outside. You have to step away from the problem. Um, and it was also before I got the hang of reading documentation. Reading documentation takes practice. It is not something that comes easy right off the bat. So there were definitely moments of frustration, but for me it was always the mindset of just keep going just keep showing they can't fire you if you keep showing up to work and trying that's awesome and you know? when you were choosing it seemed like you had a number of different sort of career options you were considering you mentioned something about legal work and there's software engineering um how did you figure out what your options were and then narrow them down to choosing software engineering? Um, honestly, the fact that there was a course in Toronto that was so um, clear in its path for its graduates, mm -hmm. that was one of the factors that made it easier to make the decision um, to know that I, I'd spoken with people and it had worked for them and you go in and you never really know, right? You go in and you're thinking, oh shoot, I really hope I enjoy this. <laughs> Cause the, the boot camp certainly isn't cheap. It's, it's an investment. Uh, and fortunately, you know, for me, it worked out and I really enjoyed it. And I had friends who did the boot camp, and it just wasn't for them. They didn't want to be developers, but it opened up the doors to other aspects of tech, whether they wanted to be product designers or project managers or, um, you know, go into teaching kids coding and things like that. It was one of those nice, my dad always says, if you can't make up your mind, pick the option that gives you the most options. And this one seemed to be the one that offered the most um, out of it. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And what role does um, musical theater and such, or theater in general, play in your life these days? Oh my gosh, a bigger role than I ever would have imagined. So actually, guess who they asked to host the awards today? The loudest one, me. So <laughs> they, they reached out and asked me to do that and had my setup and everything. And uh, that was, that was a, a fun one. But 
in terms of work, I am constantly trying to steal my theater friends away from theater and put them into tech because honestly, the things that you learn in the arts and performing there's so much use for them in our line of work, even if it's just communicating and empathizing, you know, empathizing with clients, empathizing with designers, empathizing with sales and saying, look, I am understanding where you're coming from. I hear, you know, what you need out of me. Let me communicate to you what I can do. And not only that, but also being able to put yourself in other people's shoes. So every time I'm building something, I'm constantly thinking, who am I? It's so funny. It sounds like an acting exercise, you know, who am I as the user? What are my wants? What are my motivations? What do I need? You know, what could I, what could I throw out a, you know, left field and click on? You know, it's, it's one of those where it, I, how do I word this? I was just really surprised. I was really surprised at how much use there was for it. Amazing. And what tips would you give to other people who might be, you know, either not satisfied or and or not finding success in their current line of work that they're pursuing to help them if, you know, if they're interested in, in moving on to something else to help them figure that out. What, what tips would you give them? I would say don't feel like you failed and don't feel pressure to have to stay in something just because you've done it for a long time or it was always your plan or it's what you talk to people about most. Um, that was something that I definitely had going through my head, you know. And the biggest people I was worried about disappointing them were my parents because I was one of the very, very fortunate people um, in this world to have my parents help me out financially for school. And, you know, I had to go to them and say, it's not working and I'm upset and I'm depressed and I, I don't know what to do. And I found this thing that's a bit different. Um, I just hope you won't be mad at me. And of course, my parents, they were really supportive and they said to me, you know, every day has led up to you being who you are today and finding that thing that you want to do. So it, none of it's been a waste, whether it worked or it didn't work, you learn something and even if that something is, you don't want to do this, well, there's something you don't have to worry about anymore because you know you don't want to live like that or work like that anymore. So don't let people speak to you as if like, oh, yeah, you gave up. Yeah. It's like, no, I prioritized myself. <laughs> I chose happiness. I chose to explore new things and to, you know, satisfy the part of my brain that needed satisfying. And to just research research and talk to people who've done courses and hear their stories uh which is why i think this podcast of yours is a great idea just to kind of you know put as many stories out there and if someone hears something that clicks then hopefully it'll help them take that first step to this new thing that they want to explore but i find whenever people talk to me about wanting to do the boot camp it's always you know i don't know if i can dive fully into it i don't know if i'm ready to leave my other thing yet or I don't know if by leaving I'm a failure and it's you do whatever's right for you and that's the only thing you can do you can't do what other people want you to do you can't do what other people expect you to do that's another big one you know oh I always thought you'd go into theater it's like well you know I, I gave that a shot and at that time it just wasn't working out for me and I found something else and I'm really enjoying it and let's talk about that that's awesome well 
Marin Sigson, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciated having you and thanks for all those amazing tips. I'm sure they'll be very helpful for people who, you know, are trying to figure out what they want to do next. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a good one. Bye.